BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Danny Roth, and this is Everyday Horror Presents, the 13 Days of Halloween, where Sci-Fi Wire has some frightening, funny, and occasionally even insightful conversations about horror movies for the 13 days leading up to Halloween. It's like the 12 days of Christmas, but better. In 2002, 28 Days Later took every trope and cliche in zombie movies and made them new. Two years later, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nicholas Frost did the same thing for zombie parody. In fact, parody isn't even the right word because they invented a brand new genre all its own, the Zom-Rom-Com. Shaun of the Dead is in many ways a perfect distillation of the disillusionment of the British Gen Xer in 2004. By then, most of them thought they'd have made something of themselves, but instead, they're still working the same dead-end job they got as a teenager, hanging around the pub, and staring at all the sad old regulars, wondering if that's where they're inevitably going to wind up. Plus, there are zombies, and a bit of a love story, and the place that does all the fish. On today's episode, I'm joined by Allison Pregler, Phelan Porteous, and Matthew Buck to discuss why Shaun of the Dead not only holds up after 15 years, but is more relevant and funny than ever. 2004, Shaun of the Dead. I guess the 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 start is when did you when did you first see this movie? I first saw this movie when it was in theaters, um, and I had no context for it whatsoever. I'd never seen any previews for it. I didn't know anything. Um, just my best friend was like. There's a zombie movie out, and this guy makes funny faces. It is so <laughs> funny. And that's the only context I had. Zombies, funny faces. That's, that's the best <laughs> description of this movie. <laughs> uh, and it was great. I, I enjoyed it then. I still enjoy it now. It's very, very quotable. Very good. Yeah. I saw it in the theaters as well. It's like, oh, zombie comedy, sure. And I like a lot of British comedy. I grew up with a lot of that. So I figured I'd enjoy this. <laughs> uh, I did not see this in cinemas, ironically enough, despite being the British person amongst, amongst us, because uh, I was too young to go and see it, because it was a 15 certificate, which is a hard age rating in the UK, unlike the USR rating, which is probably <laughs> how, how others got to see it. So I didn't see it until it hit DVD, but I was definitely aware of it when it came out, because I was I was already on very online. I was... So I'd seen all the trailers and stuff, and I'd been. I, Were you familiar with Spaced and stuff? Oh like yeah, that? I was. I, I was the cool kid. I, when did Spaced dead? That was that was that was about nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. So I would have been about ten, eleven. I definitely remember watching that when it first aired back in the day because it was on. It was on Channel 4's comedy block where they. So I think Friends was on at 9 and Space was on at 9.30 and Frasier was on at 10 or something along those lines. I can't believe I remember that off of my head. But, I, <laughs> but yeah, Space was definitely uh, sort of Edgar Wright's, uh, I, I guess, I guess uh, the first hint at what he'd go on to do. I mean, obviously, 
uh, I think Shaun of the Dead kind of spun out a little bit from something that happened at the very beginning of one of the space episodes where where Simon Pegg's character has a dream about zombies and he he wakes up and then he gets attacked by zombies and that that's the opening of, of one episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I was definitely a fan of uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright even beforehand, and I I eventually got my chance to see it when it when it came out on DVD, and I, I think it's one of the earliest things that I'd ever I'd ever actually got on DVD. I think there's a law in the UK that virtually every single person has to have a copy of Shaw the Dead. It, you know, it, it, it was one of those things that you would see it in every single sale and every single store. They you there would be at least, you know, a fairly cheap copy of Shaw the Dead because everyone had bought a copy of Sean. Now I'm kinda of curious as to what else was on the air, like how much space stuck out. Um, because I don't, I mean, obviously, um, the rest of us on this podcast have not, we're not watching British comedy sitcoms at the time. Like, I think I was aware of a couple things. Like, uh, when I watched Doctor Who and it first started, the, the ads after always were like two pints, which uh, my understanding is just god awful. Um, was there anything else quite like it at the time? Yeah. Uh, in terms of space, no, not really. Spaced was kind of, I guess in terms of sort of being based in geek culture or sort you know big bang theory but good <clears throat> well not even big bang theory <laughs> most of the most of the things that were on tv at that time was sort of more things like coupling which is the uh the series that uh, was that russell t davies i think that was russell t. no that's Stephen moffat oh Stephen moffat uh, the other the other doctor who writer <laughs> that was, yeah i remember coupling from that time and two pints was roughly around that as well that was definitely sort of a, a big kind of boom period of uh british comedy because i think the alternative scene was definitely uh was definitely getting quite big at the time and you were in the sort of in the last gasp of sort of cool Britannia of the nineties. And so I, I know Pagan, Pagan Frost had been around not uh, well, Pagan Frost had obviously uh, Frost started out with space, but Peg had been around for a while. He'd done a lot of kind of sketch shows. I remember there was a sketch show that Peg did called, we know where you live, which, uh, which I think aired on channel five. And that was, that was before space. And uh, so he'd been around for a bit, and Rice had done. He'd done kind of his own films. There's a film that he's that he like a pseudo western uh, called A Fistful of Fingers, I think. Which I think uh, at some point Arrow is going to re-release very soon. I, he also did a movie called Rolf Harris Saves the World, which I don't think that's getting released these days. I think it's interesting that um, for you and for people in the UK, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright were already names. And for people outside of the UK that weren't uh, into that kind of stuff, especially when, you know, the, the Internet was still not as big as it is now, even in early 2000s, you don't uh, like imports and stuff were not as big of a thing. A lot of us had no context for this. This was my first exposure to Simon Pegg. And uh, I found out about Spaced through that. Mm. So I, I think it's interesting the, how different it was. Yeah, it was. it's also interesting that uh, that zombie movies had had this really big recurrence two years prior. And that also came out of Breton. Yeah, that was that was tw- 28 days later. It was sort of the big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rebirth of the zombie genre. And you know what? It's so hard to do a good zombie movie, period. But a good zombie comedy is so hard because Every hack with a camera (laughs) thinks that they can do a funny zombie movie because it is the easiest monster to do. And then they add a bunch of like, you know, 
swear words and shit jokes or whatever, and then that's it. Oh, yeah. Um, but the thing that makes Shaun of the, De- the Dead stand out so much is because it's so clever and mm-hmm. it's so well written. Um, I think they, they came up with a term for it, like romantic zombity or zomcom or something like Rom's, that. Romzomcom was what they called it, because I... I, right. I, I, I was it, actually watching the my Blu-ray copy of it, and I was re-watching the trailers, and that was actually the official movie website is romzom.com. Yeah, they, they marketed it as yeah. like the romzomcom because it's a romantic comedy, but zombies are involved, and I think that's that really helps endear you to the movie as opposed to just a bunch of dumb people are going to die. And there's so many lines that are played for comedy in the beginning and then repeated for tragedy later yeah and and so many things that are foreshadowing or 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 just double meanings to everything oh yeah you got red when you on watch you. it again <laughs> yeah yeah you got red on you um i think my favorite line is um they have the joke about uh nick frost farting and then saying i'm sorry <laughs> and oh it's not funny and then later he pulls the same joke when he's dying yeah and uh, you know i'm not laughing but he's crying and like oh it's just so great yeah it is it is, it is really i think fantastic. yeah the success of the whole film is is built on the fact that it doesn't fail at any one of the genres that it's attempting mm. you know because usually when people try to do a blending of things like it's a zombie movie but also it's a comedy you know it's the reason why the scary movie movies are usually not successful because they're trying to focus on doing dumb slapstick humor and they don't give a shit about horror at all. Whereas Shaun of the Dead, especially in the third act, um, really embraces um, everything that made 1970s zombie movies great. Like they really understand what made George Romero such a, a talented writer and creator for zombies, um, while still also making sure that the comedy stuff is there. And I mean, God, it's just edited so well. And that's part of what makes the comedy work as well as it does that everything's so tight. Shaun of the Dead also really tries like with character, which a lot of those you know, kind of dumb comedies just trying to be parody of things. They're not trying to make any real characters in there. So it doesn't work as well. Sure. And you know that they love horror movies because there's so many homages to other horror movies in this even through just adding a line in there like we're coming to get you barbara that's from night of the living dead or uh join us that's an evil dead reference you know so they're they're thrown in there but it's not just ripping off something you can tell it's just someone who really loves the genre there is not a wasted moment in this film whatsoever it really it's understandable why it made such a huge impact because it's one of those rare films that comes along and it seems so fully formed. Everything about it seems so intelligent and so well considered. I mean, considering how much of the jokes sort of come back around, sort of boomeranging through the script, it's really impressive a lot of the time. And just the balance of tone as well, considering that, you know, it is a rom-zom-com and it works as a romantic comedy and it works as a zombie movie, but it doesn't work exclusively as one of those things, but it doesn't do so in a way that would, if you were someone who was watching it as a comedy, you wouldn't be necessarily off-put by the horror element. Just like if you were watching it as a horror fan, the comedy element wouldn't put you off because you know it was coming from a place 
where they genuinely did have such affection for it. And one of the great things about Edgar Wright's films is that because they're so loaded, every single moment has something in it, that makes them so compulsively rewatchable. And Shaun of the Dead is one of those movies I think I've seen loads and loads and loads of times. And it never gets old for me because there's always there's always something new. I mean, on this, I, I watched it earlier today and this viewing is probably the first time I've seen it in its entirety in maybe five years or so. I mean, as a teenager, I remember it was very kind of formative. But, you know, I there was a gag very early on where they're going to the, uh, where they're going to the, oh, Sean has to book the restaurant. And he, she describes it as the place that does all the fish. And when Sean looks up in the yellow pages, I think it's actually called Fulci's, which is another reference. But the actual, oh. yeah, the actual <laughs> ad in the in the phone book says the place that does all the fish, and I hadn't seen that before. That made me laugh. That's really good. I was trying to think about um, the time in which the the movie came out because I think that's that's something that's really really interesting about it is that. Uh, and we can talk about um, ways in which it's timeless and ways that it's not later. But mm. um, 2004, a tough time. Um, yeah. And I think that you really can kind of grasp it because it was true for both America and, and Britain. Because, you know, I think, you know, half the country in America, at least, was not particularly happy about uh, George W. Bush getting reelected. And so I think people kind of became very zombie Ask mm. in the sense that they just were trying to get through the day to day until the next four years were going to be over. People were so resigned to their fates of just, you know, doing the job, trying to get through the day so they could repeat the next thing again and again and again until the thing that was frustrating them was going to pass on its own. And I know in Britain, there was a lot of frustration about Tony Blair as well. So mm. there's this kind of interesting thing that's happening. Um, and I think that's part of also why zombie culture, why the, these movies that were coming out. Um, why zombies featured so heavily because not only was there 28 Days Later, not only was there Shaun of the Dead, but also same year, 2004, that Shaun of the Dead came out was also uh, everybody's favorite Marvel DC crossover, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah, the Zack Snyder movie, which I think came out roughly around the same time in the UK. Yeah, yeah it came out the same year for, for both. And, uh, and yeah, I, I say it's a crossover in that Zack Snyder directed it and it was written by James Gunn. Yeah. The thing about Sean is that I, when I was watching, I was thinking, man, this is very much a sort of time capsule of 2004 in the UK in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the point you raised about um, living your life like a like a zombie, I think that's a I think it, there's there's also a broader universal sense of that in that I, I, I was watching it and I realized that I'm almost the age that Sean is in the film because they mentioned that his age is 29. I go, oh, Oh no! I'm almost there. I can't believe he was 29. Yeah. Gosh. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's he's so there's sort of that uh, anxiety that kind of comes with with your approaching 30s of oh you you kind of got these responsibilities and Sean's kind of drifting through his life. He's got this job that he doesn't really care about at Forey Electricals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Ken, Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead, but he. You know, you oh, got, I see. Yeah, you, you <laughs> got the, uh, it's throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I don't even catch all of them. Yeah, it's the um and 
and then you're just sort of going, and I think it's the idea that you know you're working in this humdrum sort of existence, and things aren't quite going the way that you're expecting them to. And Sean is has a character; he is a little bit of a scrub, to say the least. He's the kind of guy whose self improvement is that <laughs> instead of buying regular coke when he decides to sort his life out. He gets Diet Coke instead. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I quit smoking. Yeah. What since when? Uh, last night I wrote a note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally scribes on the fridge. Sort life out while he's still drunk. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love. Um, there's so many bits in this in this movie too, where he's just unaware of stuff that's happening around him, and I guess that's part of him just drifting through yeah. life. You know, it's mm-hmm. so obvious. He he walks over to the shop, and there's bloody handprints oh, yeah. on the refrigerator, but he doesn't notice this because he's just yeah. lost in his own world. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those great repeat bits because he walked down to the store before, like barely caring, and then he doesn't notice after the zombie apocalypse has happened. Happen. And it's yeah, that people like routine. running away. Yeah. There's like all the, the streets abandoned. Yeah, he's just but, stuck in his routines. It's so great. There is so much mirroring in the first act of the film, where you get zo- little zombie attacks happening in the background. The, the one that I quite like is um, when they go in when they go into the Winchester after he's broken up and there's that couple kissing outside and then they go back out and the couple's still there, but then the guy's <laughs> head falls off. <laughs> yeah. You know what's um, interesting about this, too, is that uh, so the whole thing's about him sorting his life out and um, and, and breaking from his routine and all that. But by the end of it, he really doesn't change that much. He's still like playing video games and and um, going to the pub and all this other stuff. But it's just I think really the message they're trying to give you is how you're living your life. Mm. It's not to say that, you know, like you're a loser because you play video games or all this other stuff. Like, I think it's just like it's it's the quality of life and not what you're doing. Yeah, I think there are so yeah, there are changes that you should you should probably make. That was I mean, now watching it, because for, for me, um, I'm you know, I'm kicking down the door of 40. And uh, and I'll tell you what, I don't want to surprise anybody, but this movie will hit you harder the longer your life goes on because uh you know that fear that anxiety that you're going to become what's the line that they say when they're in the winchester like one of these sad old fucks who's yeah. just sitting around wondering wondering what happened yeah. um that's a you know the older you get the more that you're afraid of that thing but also hopefully um the the lesson that you learn is that it it doesn't have to be about grand gestures right like yes sean does this thing on one day wherein he has to try and save as many people as he can because there's a literal zombie apocalypse on. But, you know, really the, the thing is about the, the, the small changes in your life, right? Building better habits. So, you know, his girlfriend has moved in and, you know, he's, I think it's, it's interesting that Ed is now in the shed rather yeah. than being in the house. So it sort of represents this idea that the video games are not his whole life. It's just, it's one part of his life and he's got a space for it. He's got, you know, he's kind got of bad for Ed, but good for Sean. Mm-hmm. Essentially. But, uh, uh, but yeah, probably doesn't mind at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> and that's, I love, they made all the zombies, like the, all the, the flipping the channels and the zombies are, are like integrated into life yeah. now. So they have like game shows where they're making <laughs> oh, yeah. the zombies do stuff or like making them work at grocery stores, which is sort of um, calling back to the beginning when they show like um, all the people just 
like zombies working the shops. Yeah. Well, mm. that, well, that's literal. That's literal because some of the, a lot of those do come back. I mean, one of the first people that we see in the title sequence is uh, is someone working in a supermarket named Mary, and that's mm-hmm. the one that attacks yeah. them in the garden later in the film. Uh, the TV stuff I actually wanted to bring up because I think that's a detail that's lost on a lot of American viewers. Uh, a lot of those are genuine cameos from people in in the in UK television. Like a lot, the actual. The, so you got Kristen Guru Murphy from Channel Four News, uh, the Sky uh, broadcaster that does the uh, re- removing the head or destroying the brain. Actual newscaster uh, Vernon yeah. Kay is presenting the T Four Strand that was on at the time. You got uh, yeah, if you, Trisha. Goodness, that was- oh, is that a real person? That was what I was going to say because that's one of the things that I always laugh about when they come back. It is this this idea of just like a she's like a Sally Jesse Raphael or like a Ricky Lake or something. Yeah, yeah, she was she was the uh, she was the big chat show at the time before uh, Jeremy Kyle sort of replaced her. Even the um even the game show is um I, I think it's um it's an it's a knockout I think and you can hear Keith Chegwin on there and uh, Keith, che- Keith Chegwin's an interesting figure. Uh, rest, God rest him. But uh, yeah, so that, that whole, that whole stuff is, has extra value. If you're, it's, it's, a, it's a very British film and it's amazing that it had as much crossover as it did. But I think it does, it, it does speak to something universal while at the same time, ha- very much having its sort of cultural identity here. It, it introduced, I think, a lot of things to uh, Americans or, or uh, Canadians or, you know, anyone that's not in the UK. And, yeah. um, it, like, I didn't know what a Cornetto was until the Cornetto trilogy. <laughs> I'm like, what? All right. Like, just certain things that are thrown in there. I remember thinking it was very funny. They're like, don't say the Z word. Mm. We don't say Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I think there's uh, there's some of that to do with... Um, I think some of that is a little bit meant to be a dig towards 28 Days Later. Because obviously there was... Oh, that yeah, whole- they do. Yeah. They do make a joke about that. They, I can't remember what the quote is, but they do make a riff on 28 Days Later. Specifically, there's a background thing. Because they keep talking about where the zombies might have come from. And after it's all resolved, you hear some newscaster saying something about where the 28 Days Later zombies came from. They're like, oh, like they're not. It turns out that they're not rabid, whatever. Oh, oh, it wasn't rage infected monkeys was complete bull. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. I remember. Yeah. But then they flip the channel before they explain what happened. We never get an explanation for why the zombies are there. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I thought the TV segments were really great, too, because you have all of these uh, a couple times where he's just flipping channels and all of the pieces of the newscast are telling the story. Yeah. 
Yeah, I find it very timeless, though, that the the resolution was that the zombies had gone on to be on these weird game shows and stuff. I, I don't, if, in 2019, that feels exactly right, <laughs> exactly correct, <laughs> that that's exactly yeah. how it would turn out, that there were definitely, you know, like, whoever is the, you know, the equivalent of Trisha, you could totally see that somebody is going to have an Instagram account where they've stayed with their zombie husband and they're just gramming it, you know, it's <laughs> like, here, here, I've given him some, some, some brains for the gram, you know, yeah, uh, that stuff feels really, really, um, uh, some people ahead of are zombophiliacs to cope. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! That, that's a place even I'm the film sorry, doesn't everybody. go. So yeah, I think that the movie, in a lot of ways, is 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 super timeless. And then there's can we we have to talk about Ed? And it's, obviously, this is not Nick Frost's fault, but boy, uh, this rewatch for me was just it's weird because oh yeah, he's very funny, but gosh, how is this 2004? In some ways, it feels so much older because of the stuff that he gets up to, you know, like mm. he like, I, I forget. Sure. Right. Cause he, cause he uses the word gay as an insult, mm. um, which, you know, in, in fair play, you know, when you think about it for more than a second, um, you remember that even um, I remember watching Dr. Who in 2005 and Russell T Davies, um, well-known um, uh, TV creator who was very openly gay and wrote about gay characters frequently. That was like one of the things he was known for. He wrote um, Rose Tyler to use gay as an insult. So it was out there. Yeah. You know, I understand. But it feels weird in 2019. It feels horrific that he drops an N-bomb. Oh, Shocking. Yeah. Had, compl- had completely yeah. forgotten that it happened. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I usually don't believe in people making changes to films after the fact, but gosh, could you guys go in an ADR that Lord? It's just, <laughs> it really stands out. You're like, no, I could, you know, I could, I could live without it. And of course, the worst part of all, just that he used his phone as a phone. Ugh. <laughs> well, horrible. I, I think how I feel about that is that Ed is, Ed is meant to be an obnoxious character, not not to in any way justify or defend that behaviour, but I've, I would say that I have known people like that, so it, it, it makes sense in character, even though uh, if, if the film was being made now, yeah, it definitely, pr- almost certainly wouldn't be written like that now, and I, you know... I think Ed is a character. I don't think we're meant to entirely sympathize with him in that he is meant to be, you know, insensitive, tactless and kind of holding Sean back. And so, yeah, he's he's lovable in his own way, largely because he's played by Nick Frost. But he 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 is definitely not a good person <laughs> i don't think he ever redeems himself no. i don't think he's meant to be a, a likable character and i think like you summed it up pretty well danny when you said like him being in the shed in the end it mm. was just putting that part of his life in a its own space you know so ed was not this huge part of his life so it wasn't really about changing ed's life i mean his his life is over by the end basically yeah. but uh you know it was really about redeeming sean's character yeah, I think it's interesting. I was trying to sort of think about the way that they they do um, some of the other characters in the story. There, there is there is one there Diane. is one moment that always sticks out to me. That the 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 one joke that always kind of flatlined for me is the joke where he's talking to his mum and he 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 doesn't like his stepdad Philip, played by Bill Nye, and he he mentions oh oh uh, once on occasion he he did touch me and you go oof. Even at the, I, I remember even at the time that gag just didn't work for me. 
I kind of laughed because of his mom's look at him. Yeah, like, yeah. And she, knows, immediate, she knows it's a lie. Yeah, his immediate withdrawal from it, I think, is what makes it funny to me. Like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I always allowed for it because, you know, I think prior to that, there's this sense of, you know, because it's all from Sean's perspective that Sean's mom is, you know, not terribly self-aware because she's too busy being a mom character. But that's a great moment wherein he says a lie and you're like, okay, Sean's mom is no, is no fool, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no way she's buying that one and that's why he, he retracts. That's why he retreats from that statement so quickly is because she's not an imbecile. Um, but I think that... The supporting characters, there's some really great ones. I love her in that. That's another that's another oh, actor Penelope who went Wilson, on to yeah. be very well known on Doctor Who. But um but her and Bill Nye are so fucking good mm. in this movie. They add such a an important dimension in each of the acts, right? Even before you get to know them. Like you see Bill Nye as a potential villain in in the first act, and then it's subverted subverted by act two. And then again, yeah, you get the sense of of his mom as being kind of um, maybe not entirely together at the end or like the complex relationship that maybe Sean has with his mother because she moved on and maybe he feels bad about that or even resentful. And her death scene is just mm. incredible. It's so well acted. It's so well edited. And it's just such smart writing. There, There's like no humor whatsoever to that scene. And I think that's what makes Shaun of the Dead really great is because when it, when things get very real they don't pull back from it. There's some comedies that are like, this is too serious. We need to add a funny line to kind of cut the tension, you know, which I think ends up taking out some of the sincerity. And here they don't do that. They just let the moment be. Yeah, that, I think that's one of the reasons why it works so well is that I think that it does genuinely care enough about the characters and about their relationships is that when, when you know, when, when, when they're dying... There is actually a there is a genuine sense of loss there, especially when when you have um when Ed dies, you know Sean Sean is distraught over it. I mean, one of the bleakest scenes in any comedy I've ever seen is that final moment where they're where the, where they're in the uh, Winchester's cellar and that they're genuinely contemplating suicide, and that that's a that's a really dark moment in a movie which has some really hilarious moments in it, but it's because they care they care so much about the characters and. All the individual performances, even in fairly small roles. I mean, Bill Nye's probably in about ten minutes of this movie, but he, even that is very distinct as a as a character, and you understand him, and he feels really fleshed out, and they all feel that way. I mean, this this movie has a really phenomenal cast when you look all the way through. Uh, Dylan Moran as as David, who is so awful. Oh, especially in especially in that moment with the with the gun, he, you know, he he, he kind of deserves the uh, the Day of the Dead inspired fate that he ends up getting when he comes up with the gun to shoot the mom. Yeah, he is right. Yeah, but he's one mm. of those characters where it's like it's insufferable. Like he would rather be right than tactful. Oh, he's obnoxious. Mm. He's really obnoxious. But he but he know you know that's the thing though is that yeah he he is being absolutely annoying in that moment but the but that's also because he's kind of right he's not just doing it because he's he's being antagonistic there is actually a little bit of logic behind it mm -hmm. and there's also the fact that you know um oh the two characters that oh oh who's the other one Dave, david and diane 
they 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 have a thing together, don't they? And Liz, so you all get you get the sense that they they've had like a relationship before the film, so they're kind of all fleshed out. But there's also a lot of great supporting players. I mean, a lot of them kind of popped up in the other Cornetto film. It was Peter Serafinowicz as as Pete. It's four in the fucking morning. Yeah, he's he actually my genuine, favorite character in that yeah. whole movie. I love him. <laughs> he, he actually I thought it was genuinely great when he like um when he shows up naked as a zombie yeah. coming out of the house. Yeah. It was really creepy. He actually did the uh he actually did the voiceover for the original British trailers if you if you watch them back. So that's Sarah oh, really? doing the voiceover, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's a great uh at doing impressions and stuff like that. He's gone on to have such a great career. Um I know that he was I know it got canceled now, but um, when he the was tick. the tick, really good. A really cool, very Adam West kind of take on that character that works so, so well. But yeah, I think I think he might actually secretly be my MVP for the whole movie. <laughs> like, everybody's so good, but Pete is a character, like, he's just the one note, which is that he's so pissed off, but like... <laughs> I completely well, that like, was you, five years ago. <laughs> yes, that is my my and I just love how they how how um Nick and Simon kind of react to him. They're so afraid of him. So like <laughs> they're the zombie shit's going on. Meanwhile, they're like Pete. Like they're so they're so nervous that he's still around. Um gonna be menaced. Meanwhile, there's a there's a literal zombie threat, but you know, they're Especially Simon Pegg's character, Sean, is just, he's so, he's so afraid and it takes, um, I just, it's just so funny that bit where they're, where they're at the, the staircase and, um, and, and Ed goes, uh, oi prick! And, and, and they, they're, and there's dead silence and then they're together, they're like, he's not in. And it's, it's so, it's such a good bit. It's just, uh, oh, what a good movie. All those little throwaways. I love they included as the, uh, part of the special features on the DVD was the, um, the TV dubbed version yeah. of the scene when um, they're playing their records and Pete comes in pissed off at them because uh, Ed calls him a prick a lot, which you couldn't show on TV. So they change it to prink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say fuck a lot in that scene as well. So it's fun- <laughs> funky as well. So I think, I think the bonus feature is actually it was funky so good. I'm, I, I'm glad that they knew the exact comedy to be welled from that. I, I, <laughs> to I think include all the that movies have that. Features. Cause I remember, um, Hot Fuzz has a similar one where they include some of the best uh, TV uh, TV dubs, and I'm now struggling to think of it. I bet that's good. But yeah, yeah, those are always those are always so much fun. And I, I, I'm just thinking of other people who are in the, in this movie, even ever so briefly. A lot of them uh, kind of became staples across the Cornetto trilogy. You um, Rafe Spool, the, the lady here. from Spaced. I recognized her. I don't remember the actress's name. Yeah, Jessica Haynes. She Jessica was Haynes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good gag, too. Like, she shows up periodically through the film, and at one point she's with her own group of survivors, which are all just carbon copies of yeah. the people in his group. <laughs> Ma- yeah. Martin Freeman among them. Martin Freeman went on to be in the yeah, other and ones. and Matt yeah. Lucas at the back taking yeah. the, the, the Ed role, and I was like, wow, this is way before Matt Lucas had gotten big. Yeah. It's it's wild to see some of the, the, the nascent sort of early careers of some of these well, people that show up and became much larger later. I wouldn't say, Lu- I wouldn't say Lucas wasn't that big at the time over here, because obviously little Brisson was fairly big at this time so I think he oh, was okay. fairly fair well fair known fair. but he wasn't as known in America um, the one that kind of stood out to me is that Rafe Spool is in here and he's in all three of the Cornetto movies and man does he look baby faced here 
Like, oh my goodness, he's so young. Um, he, he's um, which, which one is he? He's the one. He's the one. He's the teenager that that's uh, in Sean's workplace. The one that's kind of making fun of him. Oh, and right, he, right, right, and right, right, he right, comes right. back at the very end of the movie as a zombie. He's the one with the trolley. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he he is in all three of the Cornetto films because he's he's one of the uh, Sanford police officers in in uh, hot fuzz and i think martin freeman is selling him a house in the world's end uh, race war has kind of become a, a lot bigger since then because he 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 was famously in prometheus as the guy that tried to charm an alien snake <laughs> and was in jurassic oh, gosh. he was in jurassic world fallen kingdom he's been in men in black international so he's fairly well known but you wouldn't recognize him here at all <laughs> yeah he looks like I, I had no idea that that was the same actor my goodness um all right so i have a question and the question is you're in this zombie apocalypse it's a short one as zombie apocalypses go uh are you are you still do you still have your faculties by the end of this thing you still got a heartbeat or are you in the shed playing video games how do you think it's going to turn out for you there's two ways this could go (laughs) (laughs) i never leave the apartment so i could be okay but again I don't know about my survival instincts, so chances are I'm probably going to be one of those zombies on the game show. Okay, what kind of game show do you want to be on then? That's all right. What's your what's your what's your what's your preference? I'm giving uh, you the shot now because you're going to become a zombie no matter what. Apparently, all right. Put me so, on Jeopardy. All I feel right. like that levels the playing field. I do all right. I'm going to be on Master Brain where they do the brain cooking show. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, like cho- like chopped, it's, but it's all it's brands. Yeah. Zombie Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use the humble brain. <laughs> I, I think I think you didn't we, even season this. <laughs> I, th- I think I'll be on wheel of zombies. You know, you spin the wheel. <laughs> oh, the zombie is on the wheel. Yeah. And <laughs> the hands pointing to, to be the arrow. <laughs> I think I'd be fairly good in a, well, I don't know. I think I'd just kind of tough it out in a zombie apocalypse, I would hope. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I would hope that, that that would be my survival element of it. Just, I just, just go about it out. My just wait for this to all blow over. I do yeah. I do love the um I do yeah. love the gag that when they're going through the plan the first time when they go when they go back to his place, the mug he's carrying is I'm a genius. <laughs> 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 I love like how quickly he always goes through like Take on, go to mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. I love on the phone when they talk about that too. It's like, Mom, you haven't been bitten, right? She's like, Well, Philip has a go. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love that bit too, where they um uh, Ed and um and Sean peel out, and then they end up accidentally hitting someone, and they think that they've hit just like a person, so they back up, like, Hey, you all right? <laughs> yeah. He's all gory, his legs twisted backwards. Yeah. It lifts his head up, and it's a zombie. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. The, the horror stuff they don't hold back on it the gore effects are actually genuinely really good in this movie Mm -hmm. sure i question their survival skills like how they made it that long because they think like when they first are trying to get rid of the zombies in the garden they're like throwing records pillows pizza boxes none of these Mm -hmm. things will will injure anyone in any way i mean they're so lucky too that acting like a zombie worked (laughs) 
Sure. I mean, you, you do have to admit that when you kind of look back on this film, Sean was at least partially responsible for the deaths of most of his friends and family because of his decision to go to the Winchester. Like, yeah. yeah, the pub's going to be secure. Open windows everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they do point out in the film that they could literally just stay upstairs. They'll be fine. But no, 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 Sean, we'll, we'll follow you out because I guess we're all going now. <laughs> yeah, it had really occurred to me that uh, if it had been my plan, it would have been, uh, hey, guys, let's uh, get on Discord, watch a couple of horror movies, podcast about them for a little while, have a couple of pints and wait for this whole thing to blow over. And I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I think all four of us would have survived 100% making it to the end of the situation. <laughs> That's our episode. We made our reality show choices. Now head over and tweet us at Sci-Fi Wire with what reality show zombie you would wind up on. And while you're there, follow Allison Pregler at Obscurus Lupa, Phelan Porteous at Phelus, and Matthew Buck at FB underscore BMB. And me, your host, Danny Roth, at Danny Ordinary. Our theme song is composed by Thomas William Dyer II. Thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the best way to deal with the horrors of every day is with a little everyday horror. See you tomorrow.